Coming to you from beautiful downtown West City is Fistful of Sense of Beans, episode number 15. It is me, Taylor, with my fellow co-host, Peter. Yo. Nixon. Hi. And Katie. Hello. We watched episode number 57 through, what, 60? Yeah. Yeah. Um, what did you guys think of these four? Better than last week? 100% better than last week. Why do you say that all fast? Because uh, I want to get my point across. I like these way more than the last four we watched. Peter, what'd you think? Yeah, these four we get back into like actual Dragon Ball again. Okay, Katie. Uh, they were good except for the first one. I hated the first one, but I liked all the others. Wow, wow, wow! We'll have to see what she hated as we move into. Episode number 57 called Ariel vs. Blue. Japanese air date of April 8th, 1987. American air date of October 24th, yeah. 2002. What did you say ah for? Peter? Sorry. <laughs> What'd you do? Uh, I just, I saw something or something. I don't know. You saw something or something. Hmm. He's keeping secrets from the class. Uh, so we begin this episode with Sinbei trying to fix the dragon radar as Goku and everyone watches. Uh, we see two aliens, Nixon. Yep. Walking around. I'm pretty sure they're part of the... They are. Yeah. But they're walking around and they're picking up tr- what they say is treasure. But the other, like, one of them thinks it's treasure. The other one's like, I think this is their trash. And then he goes, why would they leave trash on the street? And the other guy's like, well, good point. And then they still keep picking it all up. Clearly they're not in America. Yeah. Um, We, like, cut back to that coffee shop where the exhausted Taro, who's the police officer, wanders in. And we cut from that to Ariel asking Goku to explain what the Dragon Balls are. Goku does, and she seems excited by the concept whenever she hears that you can grant a wish. Simbei's wife brings out, like, a bunch of food for Goku, like cookies. But she also brings out a bunch of screws and, like, oil. And Goku's, like, super shocked to see Gotchkin and Ariel eating, like, nuts and bolts and <laughs> drinking oil. If I was Goku, I would be thinking that there's probably something wrong with my cookies. Yeah. Well, like she's, she's bringing that stuff out for them. It's like, what's in these cookies that she brought out for me? She's human. She's not a robot. But, yeah. I thought Goku might try to eat them. Like, say, like, oh, those must be good or something. And then try to eat it. Uh, Simbei can't figure out the uh, dragon radar, Nixon. Nope. So his son Turbo fixes it for him and lets him take the credit. With his psychic abilities. And he's a psychic and he can talk. He's a baby. Uh, General Blue like shows up just as the radar's fixed and he sees the plane with like an open cockpit. And he's just about to like get in the plane and drive off when he hears Goku's voice and he's like, Why can't things ever just be easy? So Goku tries out this new radar. And when he turns it on, it says there's Dragon Balls nearby, and that confuses him. So then we get this, like, cat and mouse here where Goku's looking for where these Dragon Balls are on the radar, and 
Blue has them, so he has to sneak around and hide, Nixon. Yeah. Yeah, so he's hiding. He's he's hiding. And we cut away from that back to the cops of the Penguin Village arming themselves to for a fight against the Red Ribbon Army. And I I kind of just like like daydreamed here during this part. Like some hijinks happened and then they started shooting each other with the guns. The girl randomly was like <laughs> starts shooting everybody. And yeah, it's not it's not important at all. Just those police force is not competent. Uh we see Goku closing in on Blue and we don't know where Blue's hiding just yet. And Goku enters the room and it turns out to be a bathroom, Peter. And um, yeah, he's doing yeah. He's doing like the Spider-Man in the ceiling. Blue is. And Roshi says that is like Roshi's favorite chair. So I guess Roshi takes lots of shits. Yeah, I thought it would have been like in front of the TV. Would have been his favorite chair. He sits on the floor in front of the TV. (laughs) That's true. So Roshi takes lots of shits, Katie. Remember that? Yeah. Uh, Goku like looks around in a different room, which gives Blue a chance to go hide in the fridge. And that's where Goku eventually opens the fridge, and they like see each other, and they freak out. And Blue immediately like takes Ariel hostage with this like giant knife, and they like wander outside, where Goku demands that he let her go. And Sinbei tells Blue, he's like, "Hey, you should watch out for her. Like, you don't want to be doing what you're doing." And he's like, "What are you talking about?" And then she like licks the knife, Katie. Yeah. And that freaks him out. And Goku's like, "Give me my balls back." <laughs> and Blue uses his like technique to freeze Goku in his tracks. And Simbei doesn't, like, understand why Goku's not moving. And then his super intelligent son, Turbo, is like, he has powers, father. And Blue uses that opportunity to, like, steal the dragon radar. And Blue throws his stuff in the plane. He's like, see you, fuckers. I'm leaving. And Simbei just, like, he says, like, the plane isn't finished yet. Right, Nixon? Yeah, he says it's, like, it's not ready yet or something like that. He says, like, missing something. It's, like, missing parts or something. But Blue just ignores that, and he's going to leave. He's like, yeah, like, I'll believe you. And he, like, takes (laughs) off. But before he leaves, he's like, I got something else to do. And he goes and punches Goku directly in the face, which sends Goku flying. And then, uh, Peter, he cuts down a tree with his bare hand, and he, like, makes it, like, a sharp edge. And he's like, I'm just going to fucking kill Goku with this. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, shit. What are you saying? Yeah, everyone's just kind of, like, watching, like, uh, is this, is he really going to do this? Yeah, that That causes Simbae to be like, well, I think, I guess it's time to get serious. So he tells, uh, Ariel, he's like, it's playtime. And she, like, joyfully runs and kicks Blue, <laughs> sending him flying, like, really far. He, t- he told her it's time to play tag, which, yeah. why is that how she plays tag? No. This is how she does it. Yeah. And she and before Blue can even hit the ground, Peter, like he's still midair. She runs to him and she does two jumping headbutts to him in midair. And it just sends him fucking flying. We don't know where he is. But we cut back to Blue or not to Blue, to those aliens from from before Nixon. Uh-huh. 
And one of them's on the lookout, and he's like, oh, shit, the cops. He's like, 5 <laughs> So they're like, oh, shit, we got to get out of here. So they take off from the shitty UFO. And the police see it, and they're like, what is that? And when the uh, the aliens, like, kill the kill, they destroy the police vehicles. And how did they respond, Peter, to that? Do you remember? To their vehicles getting blown um, up. How did they destroy them, and then they, they fly off? Well, they just take out their guns, and they shoot the aliens' ship down. Oh, that's right. They shoot their ship down, and they go, they crash. Yeah, they crash in, like, the water. Yeah. So then we go from that to Ariel, Ariel returning to Goku and Simbei. And she says, Blue still hasn't made it back to the ground yet. And Goku's, like, super impressed by how strong he or she is. And she, he's like, you should be in the World Martial Arts Tournament. And no one seems to know what that is, Nixon. Well, they don't even seem to know what anything is on this island. Yeah. But she says if he thinks she's strong, that Gotchen is more strong is stronger than her. Uh, Goku retrieves the Dragon Balls, but he's bummed that Blue still has a Dragon Radar. And he's like, I don't know how I'm going to find him. So Turbo Katie just creates a new Dragon Ball with components from the plane. With his, like, psychic powers. Yeah, the dad's not that happy about it. Well, he's asked to borrow a few parts, but he borrowed a lot of the plane. I feel like he just took the whole engine. <laughs> um, Goku thanks everyone. And he tells... Oh, this is where he tells her she should join the tournament. And after he thanks him, he speeds off on the Nimbus. And we cut from that Nixon till we see Blue on the phone in a phone booth. And he's telling Red about what happened. And Red's like, you failed me? He's like, well, he's like, I did get the dragon radar. So Red's like, well, you should get back here immediately. And Blue's like, well, there might be a problem with that. And then we, like, zoom out. And he's in the middle of a desert. And there's, like, a pyramid nearby. But he has no idea where he's at, Peter. And that's how the episode ends. What'd you think, Katie? I hated this one. <laughs> I just really hated the whole Penguin Island thing. I think it's stupid. I think the characters are all kind of stupid and weird. I think it was totally That's irrelevant. Good. I get that I'm not familiar with the story and people who probably liked this, you know, that story enjoyed the crossover element. But to me, it was just like adding a hundred new characters who I don't care about and I will never care about for like three episodes and it was just like a waste of my time and I thought they were all really stupid and really annoying. Wow. Katie is real mad at that one. Yeah, no. Peter? Not a fan. Um, it wasn't okay. Like the some of the stuff was was dumb. Like the um the cops just felt like it was that uh was a stupid cop show. What? Reno 911 is what those oh. cops felt like. They were just sh- like shooting their guns off. It's like <laughs> maybe maybe there's they're not coming up. It's like it doesn't matter. Just keep firing. And then the uh, the two aliens collecting all the trash kind of was was probably my favorite part because like logic longer. was it's like why would they leave trash out here? And it's like well why would they leave treasure out there? <laughs> Nixon. Uh, yeah, I don't. I didn't care for it. If it's really weird that they spend three episodes total here, like mm-hmm. when you would think they would just like this would be like a filler episode anywhere else, but 
It's like filler you're dragged through. And yeah. to Katie's point, I think it... Yeah, it's awful. And it's weird going from like a shonen story to a gag ma- manga where the entire like show is all about like goofs and gags. It's just... That's your autobiography. Goofs and gags. Goofs and gags. <laughs> all right, well, that's all Taylor I have to Nixon's say. Story. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I'm indifferent on this one. Didn't really care about it. It's kind of bored. Uh, episode 58, The Land of Corin. Aired in Japan, April 15th, 1987. Aired in U.S., October 28th, 2002. We open with Blue riding a camel through the desert. Uh, he also has an umbrella, Katie. I don't know where he got it. <laughs> but he has one. And he's really mad about... He wishes he had conditioner for his hair. Because he thinks his hair is going to start to split. So he says Goku's going to pay for every split in, Peter. Every split in that he has? Why is, it, why is he talking about conditioner, though? He's like, I wish I had some conditioner <laughs> right now in the desert. So he doesn't have any water. I didn't... I didn't get this. He doesn't want his hair to split. Yeah, his hair's gonna dry out. His hair's already—he's in a desert. There's no water around him for him to like wash his hair to put conditioner in it. But we cut from that to Commander Red playing pool. Uh, he's informed that Goku has been spotted by Captain Yellow, and I can't remember if this is the first time we've heard of Captain Yellow. Was it? Do you guys remember uh, yeah. Captain Yellow? I, I guess so. I just assumed I he existed, but didn't know for sure. <laughs> you assumed there was a Captain Yellow? Well, yeah, there's got to be more colors. So we see, like, them, like, the Red Ribbon Army, like, doing some construction on a volcano. Doesn't seem safe. Uh, Captain Yellow is dissatisfied that his men haven't been able to find their Dragon Ball that they're looking for yet. Uh, I guess we'll describe what Captain Yellow is here. Katie, he's a tiger man with a British accent. <laughs> Was it British? It's a horrible, so. like, cogni accent. Yeah. Uh, he drives planes. He's a pilot. He sound, I thought he was, like, Australian. No. no he's, like, Australian. he's definitely British. Yeah. So, yeah, he's a pilot. And some of his other men come over and they're like, hey... Like, we found the Dragon Ball, and he's like, goes over there to look, and like, where? And like, there. And they like point, and it's like surrounded by lava. Nixon. Yeah. This was actually like good. Keep talking, but this was good. Okay. So it's surrounded by lava, and they're like, how are we going to get it, sir? And he's like, with the helicopter. And we cut from that to we see a really, really large tower like emitting from a forest nearby and we see some two are what would you call them nixon can't call them indians really they're native americans he's definitely like you can't say native american you can't say native american katie because america doesn't exist in this universe well it does but he's supposed to be a native american that's a continuity we know they're supposed to be native americans but there is no native american what's their word there is america because they had they showed a map earlier but that's probably yeah, but continuity. It's not named. It's not. They're not named. The continents aren't named like that. They're indigenous people. So, anyways, these guys are Native Americans. Yeah. <laughs> um. There's a big buff one, and it's the dad, and his name is Boro. 
And then there is the little boy that's his son that is uh uh hold on get it'll come to me it'll come to me it'll something come like to shoujo or something. Upa. No, it's like Upa. Upa. Upa is the son, and they're fishing, and the boy is like, "I'm gonna catch all the fish in the ocean," and his dad's like, "Son, can't abuse nature like that." It's like I'll cry one tear if you do. <laughs> He says, as long as you take care, or take only what you need, nature will take care of you forever. Uh, the sun is almost eaten by a big monster fish, Peter. It's like this huge, I don't even know what kind of fish this would be, Nixon. It's just a huge monster. Uh, and Yeah, it's a monster that also makes, like, noises and stuff. It's like a giant piranha. <laughs> What do you think about That's that? What I was about Peter? to say giant. I was about to say it sounds like a, it looked like a giant piranha. Uh, it gets like thwarted before it can eat the kid by uh, Bora, who just kicks it into like the mountain. And he's like, "You shouldn't." He's like, "We were never in any danger." He's like, "We're protected by the guardian who lives at the top of the tower." And he's like, "We should go pray to it." So we get, we first heard of this guardian, Katie. Do you know who they're talking about yet? At this point, I don't, but I thought that um, that tower looks pretty much exactly like the Tower of Salvation in Tales of Symphonia. It's, it is. is. I know, but I mean, Tales of Symphonia probably took it from this, honestly. Uh, we see, cut back to Captain Yell's men attempting to get the Dragon Ball, Nixon. Yes. And they managed to get it by, like, lowering a guy from a helicopter down into it and he grabs the ball and what happens uh the volcano explodes but i just want to say that this is like all after all the submarine shit where they just ignore a bunch of stuff they actually have a guy in like a fire retardant <laughs> suit like lowered down in like a believable way to try and get this ball even though i still think he would have like caught on fire being that close i also forgot to mention that episode 58 is the start of a new saga Cool. Oh yeah, saga. we're in the the red saga now. All right. Anyways, it's really cool, and I wow. also want to say that they hyper focus on this fucking helicopter, like, like they did on the helicopter's joints. They like zoom in, and they're like, yeah, it's like they're saying, yeah, we know how helicopters work, and like they went made super like sure to animate like the specific like propeller parts. Where in every other cartoon, it would just be like a little cylinder and like a spinning blade on top. You know, something else I noticed about that, it was kind of interesting, that it uh, it also takes place during the Red Saga. <laughs> yeah, it does. I heard that before. <laughs> oh, did you hear that? <laughs> it's a, it's almost like these aren't the Red Ribbon Army anymore. This is a whole new saga. This is the Red Saga. I don't think that... I think it's still done by the same people. <laughs> but it's a whole new thing. Whatever. Um. So yeah, disaster strikes, and this fucking thing erupts right when they get to Dragon Ball which sends the Dragon Ball and like a bunch of molten rocks flying Peter through the air uh Bora protects Upa by just being a human meat shield Katie yeah and it doesn't really make sense like a million rocks just like nail them in the back when it doesn't even look like that many rocks shot off to begin with yet they all seem to nail them in the back Mm, they shoot what? stuff in the air. What do you think it, is the explosion? They don't like, shoot like perfect like... fucking like boulders out. 
I think it was implying that some of the volcano like broke off while it erupted. So he protects his son, and he's like perfectly fine. Or we don't see what happens yet. Or forget that I said he's perfectly fine. (laughs) (laughs) Captain Yellow gets word that the Dragon Ball has moved west. And then we see that they're perfectly fine. The molten rocks did not hurt him at all, basically. The son finds the four-star Dragon Ball, and he hands it over to his father. And he doesn't know what it is. Neither of them do. Uh, Captain Yellow flies over in their direction. And he's like, land in this jungle so we can look for this ball. Uh, He makes his way over to their, like, would you call it their home? Or, like, their camp? What'd you call where they're it's, living? It's kind of small for a home. I don't. They have like well, the one they, tiny tent. That's where they live. That's their house, Peter. I, and I, they don't have like a tribe. It's just them. There is a tribe, but we don't get to see them. Mm. We see them later. Uh. So yeah, there's he walks up on their teepee here, <laughs> and he's like, he basically tries to make Boro a slave immediately. And he's like, I need some work, or I have some, uh, there'll be some work to do. And the father is like, no. He's like, you guys aren't welcome here. You need to leave this sacred ground. And then Yellow's like, I wasn't asking. And he pulls out a gun, Peter. Yeah, he does. And uh, they see that Boro has the Dragon Ball. And they open fire on him, Peter. What happens when they open fire on Boro? He, like, fucking, like, bulks up his muscles. He's fucking jacked. <laughs> he's, like, and, he's, he's like, yeah. he's, like, eight feet tall, like, 500 pounds of pure muscle. Yeah, he's fucking jacked. And then, like, none of the bullets, like, hurt him. No. They just kind of, I don't know if they just bounce off or just they kinda... don't. Yeah, they don't even, like, anime, like, Luffy, like, like bounce back. Like, f- as far as we know, they just hit him and fell, direct, like, directly to the <laughs> ground. And then they, uh... They all like have to, they basically all like empty their clips and then he's like, Son, hand me my spear. <laughs> <laughs> what happens? What happens? Some guy tries to circle around Peter. <laughs> he, he fucking launches the spear and like nails him to a tree. He fucking kills that guy immediately. Yeah, he's just straight up dead. You hear him die. He's like, Ugh. You also see the spear on the other side of the tree. Yeah, this guy doesn't fuck around. He, this is his land, and he will protect it. Imagine if, like, the pilgrims showed up on America with, like, and this was, like, the first guy they ran into, they'd be fucked. He would have died of some disease that we gave him. <laughs> well, maybe eventually, but not at first. <laughs> he would have at least killed one with a spear. <laughs> so, um, yeah, this guy doesn't fuck around. He's really powerful. That causes, like, yellow, or... He then, like, charges Peter and just kills the rest of Yellow's men with his barricades. <laughs> yeah. He just punches and kills everyone. Uh, Yellow leaves, and he flies away in his plane, and, uh, um, oh, I lost my place. And, uh, the, the <laughs> Boro's like, Upa, stay at the TP while I get rid of these bodies. <laughs> <laughs> So he's just gonna clean up the murdered people. Uh, we see Yellow. He's radioing into the base, and he's talking to Red, and he's telling him what happened. And 
Red's like, you have one hour, or we're gonna send General Talon to do your job. If we are not General Mercenary Talon, if we send Mercenary Talons, like he's gonna kill you too. <laughs> so Yellow is like freaking out, but he comes up with a plan to kidnap uh, Upa and ex- and like hostage negotiate for the ball. Um, Boro, <laughs> we see him. He's like. He, so I don't know if he did this with the bodies as well, but he took all the helicopters and he just crushed them up and threw them like he off smashed a cliff. them up. Yeah, and, like threw them off a cliff, and then you like <laughs> see him with like the like bodies all around him and like two holes in the ground. <laughs> He's got a mass grave. Yeah. Um. So yellow is actually a good pilot here, Peter. As he approaches. Like, the kid, he cuts his engine so they don't know he's coming. <laughs> and he glides in. He doesn't even land. He just snags no. him while he's flying. He must be their best pilot. <laughs> yeah. So he's got this kid. He doesn't even put him in the back of the plane. He's just dangling him outside the plane as he takes off. And Upa screams, Katie. And Boro hears it. And he's like, what do you want with my son? <laughs> like, yells in the air. <laughs> And uh, Yellow's basically just flying around in circles, like, talking to him. Like, negotiating. Yeah, he's like, I want the ball. And then um, Boro's like, I will give you the ball. Just land. And (laughs) Yellow's like, no. He's like, you're going to kill me if I go down there. Just throw me the ball. (laughs) Yeah. This is so stupid. Yeah. And, like, Boro's like, I'm a man of my word. I won't hurt you. And as he's wearing like his the other people, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And just when, uh, just then Goku hears like uh, Upa's cries for help, and he goes investigates, and he immediately like sees the red ribbon logo, and he gets very angry, and he just fucking punches Yellow out of the plane. Yeah, he kill- straight up kills him too. He kills Yellow here. He punches him out of the plane and just leaves him to fall to his death. And he saves the the Upa as the plane crashes. The Upa. The Upa. The, he saves the, the little Upa. Upa. He's the <laughs> only Upa. Uh, Katie, what do you think of Upa? He's fine. I mean, I love his dad. I don't. I don't have strong opinions you about the kid. Love his dad. I love his dad. What does that mean? He's beautiful. He's a great character. I like him. He might be the. He's one of the most jacked people in <laughs> Dragon Ball. Are you? S- Swooning over Boro, Katie? I am. He's an icon. Wow. So, yeah. Goku goes goes and gives Upa back to Boro. And after he does that, he just says hi as we cut back to Red. Who's like, it's time to call in Tao. And Black's like, oh, that's kids. Poor little boy. He's like, <laughs> he's like, it's gonna be fuck. He's gonna get fucked up, and then Red's like, "I hear some people die just by hearing or just by Tao looking at them funny." And we cut back to the uh, Boro and Upa thanking Goku, and that's when Goku notices that he has a Dragon Ball, and he's super ecstatic. Peter, to see that's the four star ball. It's his grandpa's ball. He's finally found it. Um, Boro wonders what Dragon Balls are. And just at this point, we cut back, and who arrives at the Red Ribbon Army base, Nixon? That would be uh, Mr. Metrosexual himself, Captain Blue. And apparently the guards don't recognize him, because they're like, who the fuck are you? Like, get away. 
And that angers him, and he just punches his guard in the face, and then orders them to open the gate. And then the episode ends, Katie, with us in Red's office, and we get our first glimpse of Mercenary Tao, and he introduces himself as the episode ends. What do you think of... I guess we'll talk about what Mercenary Tao looks like here. He's like... He looks a lot like the Betty guy. Yeah, I know. I was thinking that the entire time. (laughs) He looks like what? Betty... <laughs> who? <laughs> Betty. Betty, who? <laughs> but you don't know Betty from Kung Fu uh, Hustle. Kung Pao or the first. Oh, I was also like, I was thinking that, but like, no, that just has to be like a coincidence. That's it not. is a coincidence, but he's like an evil Chinese villain from a martial arts movie. And he's wearing like Chinese like like clothes and on the back of it katie they don't show us this episode but we see it later it just says kill you in english <laughs> yeah i did like that so yeah this is mercenary Tao. what do you think of his design katie uh not very imposing based on design alone it says kill you on his back of his shirt i know but he's just like this old dude this generic look kind of looking old dude i wasn't i wasn't impressed by the design i prefer designs like uh general blue you didn't wow. like his pink outfit no although i know that outfit i've seen that outfit i feel like somebody else wears that outfit it's almost like mercenary towel is an important character I don't know. I just I feel like somebody else, like some kind of alien character, wears an outfit just like that. Nappa. It's almost like mercenary. Ta- I would love to see Nappa. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what did you think of this episode, Peter? Fifty-eight. Uh, I liked it. I liked it quite a bit. I, the thing reminded me of, like Frisky Dingo. He's like, just throw yeah. it. <laughs> And he's like, what? No. I don't it's kind of windy up here. Nobody but me and you have seen that show. I've seen that. I saw that show before you saw that show. Well, most people... Well, I watched that show when it was on air. I did, too. Three Arnold people Swim. saw this show. Okay. Well, if you've seen Frisky Dingo, you get that joke. Oh, I remember our other friends that we went to high school with also seen that show. So there's four. I know four people. I own the both <laughs> seasons of that show on DVD. It's a great show. It's not a... Is that your dick measuring contest? That is my dick measuring contest. So I like that part. That was probably my favorite part. And then the way he like cut the engines was like fucking slick. And he grabbed the kid and he was just holding the kid outside the plane the whole time, like negotiating. He, there's no way he could hear him. What are you talking about? Over the engines? Yeah, over the engines, like way up in the air. And then his like, what's the dad's name? Boro. Goro? Boro. The B. Boro. Okay, Boro is fu- is fucking Jack. He's like as jacked as Broly is when he like powers up against the bullets. He's really jacked. But yeah, I like this episode. This this we're finally back to like Dragon Ball now. Feels like we, we haven't had... been old old school Dragon Ball in forever, and now we're back. We only had like four episodes where it wasn't normal. It felt longer. <laughs> uh, Nixon, what do you think of this one? Uh. Yeah, it was great. It was finally like we we got through the swamp and now we're back in the action. And it really seems like a, I don't remember a swamp. The swamp being a metaphor for the last three episodes we had to trudge Peter, through. Peter, did you see a swamp? Anyways, no. this episode you felt like it's not like he saw a swamp either. This no. This episode <laughs> felt like who was ever doing it again? 
His name's Akira Toriyama, right? I mean, that was. I mean, he's not animating. No, these but it's based <laughs> off his like. Yeah, this story. Longer, yeah. This feels like he actually has gone out and like flown helicopters and airplanes, so he knew to put well, this in the story. We know he likes vehicles. Yep. So I'm just saying that's what it felt like. It's a good episode. KT, besides swimming over a single dad and dissing uh, Mercenary Tao, what do you, did you think of this one? I liked this one. I thought it was pretty interesting that, like, I think it's like half the episode, Goku's not even in. Uh, like, mm-hmm. the whole first half. But it was still really interesting. So I thought that was uh, pretty cool that they could they could still make it compelling and interesting and you cared about the story, even though you don't even see the main character for the first half of it. So I thought they did a really good job and I liked the, the new characters that they brought in and I was uh, looking forward to seeing what was going to happen. I have a All question right. for Katie here. Okay. Okay. If mercenary Tao was a single dad, would you be swooning mm-hmm. over him? No. Mm-hmm. What if he said, he was hideous. Yeah. What if he was like, what do you mean? Betty. Is that, is that like a slight against Chinese people? No, he just wasn't jacked. Maybe if he was jacked, but he's not. He's in pretty good shape for his age. Okay, but compare his body to Boros. He's stronger than Boros. I don't see. I don't see a difference. I don't see a difference. <laughs> so I, with that, I guess we'll move on. <laughs> Episode number fifty-nine: The Notorious Mercenary. In Japan, episode twenty, episode twenty second, April twenty second, nineteen eighty seven, aired in America, October 29th, two thousand two. Uh, we begin with Blue walking up to Commander Red's office, and we learn what Tal's rates are. Peter, he charges ten billion a head, which you're yeah. like, oh my god, that's a lot. And he says, but I'm having a 20th anniversary sale, <laughs> so all services are 50% off. So he's actually only charging 10, or $5 billion a head. Well, he says $5 billion a head, and then he says later on, it's like it's double for each person after that well, one. He, that well, first I, gonna, one. I wrote that, but we weren't there yet, so, you know. <laughs> okay, well, let's continue. <laughs> uh... Tao, uh, Tao, uh, Black is like, I don't know if this is really the the right mercenary Tao. And so Tao's like, well, I was like, I'll fight you. But Black's like, no, no, I'm good. And just at that moment, Blue comes into the office and he's reprimanded by Red Nixon. Yep. And he's like, you know what happens in the Red Ribbon Army if you fail? It's like, you die, basically. Well, he made it Blue- seem like way more threatening than just like dying. Yeah, Blue's freaking out here. And Blue's like, well, I didn't come empty-handed. He's like, remember, I had the dragon radar. And he pulls it out. And Red's like, that is impressive, but not good enough. So he, uh, he like, says, well, I'm going to have to punish you severely. And Blue drops, like, the radar in fear. But then Red's like, since you have been somewhat successful, I'll, like, I'll, allow, I'll allow you to live if you fight Mercenary Tau. I... I thought he. I thought the dragon radar was gonna break, and then they would just yeah. kill them. It's not smart to drop your one like thing you brought. So Blue accepts the challenge here, Katie. Which was stupid. But before we get to see that, we see Goku with his new friends here, his new Indian pals, and he's explaining to them how like the Dragon Balls work and about the wish and everything. 
And then Goku starts beginning to ask about the big tower. And we know that we learn that it's called Corn Tower. And it was built by uh, Boro's tribe. And it's a test. And if you're able to climb up it, Peter, you'll meet the Guardian and you'll receive a special water drink that'll increase your power. I want to drink the Guardian and get his special power. You want to drink the Guardian? <laughs> well, drink his water and get his special power. Well, that's not what you said the first time. I don't even know how you, how you drink somebody. If they were like those blue guys from Futurama. See, I knew he was going to go there. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we learned that, and we also learned that no one's ever made it the entire way up. Uh, and then Upa's like, I heard somebody did. And then Boro's like, no, that's just an urban legend. <laughs> uh, Goku like is like, can I just ride the Nimbus up there? And then we like hard cut to town Blue having a stare down Nixon. Yep. Getting ready to go at it. Blue's super cocky, and Tao is just like emotionless. And Tao's like, is like, I'll, you know what? He's like, I'll just beat you using only my tongue. Katie, what did you think of that statement? Um, I thought that was strange, and I didn't like it. <laughs> what? It was creepy, and what a a weird thing to want to do at all. I feel like this is a direct reference to that movie. Did, did his tongue, like, factor into the swooning, Katie, his tongue abilities? And I, I have been disturbed by him the entire time. <laughs> this didn't change that. I thought maybe that maybe after you saw what he could do with his tongue, no. that would change. No, that definitely made it worse. Oh, my God. He just can't win. So, uh, yeah, he's going to fight him with just his tongue, Nixon. Yep. So Blue charges in, and he throws a bunch of strikes, and he can't land any. So t- and we see, like, Tao's super fast. Like, he's making noises he's so fast, Peter. Like, it's making, like... Instant transmission noises. Yeah, he's like the Flash. Yeah. And uh, Blue like is like, fuck it. He's like, I gotta use my special technique. So he starts his glowing eye shit. And Blue, Black, and Red are all super surprised whenever it doesn't affect Tal at all, Katie. He is not affected by the paralysis. So Blue goes in for another punch, but is dodged. And this time, Tal uses his tongue, Peter, to uh-huh. like land a strike in Blue's temple, <laughs> which collapses him, and he's dead. <laughs> so that's it. We've had all this time with Jenna Blue, and he's dead now, Katie, from a tongue. That actually really irritated me. Why? Because what a stupid death for somebody you've kept around for this many episodes, who you've built up as like this strong guy who can kind of go toe-to-toe with Goku... And I get they were using that to show you how strong this other guy is. But mm-hmm. that's like, we've been with Blue for so long. That's like if they just dropped Oolong off a cliff and they were like, oops, he's dead. Sorry. Like, it's just. They've been what? mocking him for three episodes in La La Land. But still. So you want Blue to become a regular? I didn't necessarily want him to become a regular. I just wanted him to have a satisfying death. At least he got in a that Goku like actually defeated him or something. Silver was barely around at all compared yeah, but to Blue. He was like way cooler than Blue. No, he Blue has cooler. been the best one by far 
so far and the most likable by far. And to just end his storyline like that was really stupid. I forgot to mention that before they fought Peter, Tao was like, this is going to cost you extra. How much yeah, is that It's going to cost him. It's just conversion. Yeah, yeah. You gotta think it's just, you know... Japanese money. It's just yen, but 80s inflation stuff, so... And then I like I like when uh, Blue did his, like, attack. Uh, Tao just, like, cracks his neck. He's like, what was that? Yeah, he's like, that didn't affect me at all. <laughs> he shit over his best move. <laughs> I, I don't know. Is that cool or bad that you die via a tongue strike to the temple? I think it's a good thing, because, like Katie said, we just saw, like, the main villain get taken out by another guy's tongue. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's classic pro wrestling booking. You're like, your new star, you have to beat the old star. It's like, oh, this guy must be good, because he beat the other guy. <laughs> so, yeah, Blue is dead. No more, Katie. Yeah, I didn't like that. And uh, Tao's like, I demand the real target. So Black shows him a picture of Goku. And Tal says, I will kill anyone if the price is right, man, woman, or child. Red tells him to grab the Dragon Balls as well, which Tal is like, e- that's going to cost you more. And this is Peter where he's like, every every other like person I have to kill, like two times the amount. It's like every time you ask, ask me to kill anyone else. Which then they were, then they were like, respond is like, just go ahead and kill whoever you need to. Yeah, he's like, just kill anyone that's in your way. So Tal, like... He looks around and he like confirms the location of the coordinates tower, and he's like, "Isn't it at these coordinates?" And Black's like, "Yeah." And he's like, "I'm I'm getting the jet ready right now to get you there." And Tal's like, "That'll be too slow." So Katie, he he's like, "Do you can I borrow this pillar, the part of your house here?" And Red's like, "For what?" And as he says that, Tal like breaks it off, and then he just takes the pillar. Katie throws it in the direction he needs to go. And he hops on it and rides it like a surfboard through the air. Which doesn't make any what sense, because why couldn't he have just, like, jumped? I mean... Well, he doesn't want to... I don't think he could jump that far. He could just but he was far. able... So he threw it really, really fast, mm-hmm. but was still then able to jump faster to be able to get onto it. So well, maybe that was, like, his range. Like, maybe if it went, like, a few more, like, feet. No, if he can throw his own body faster than the the speed at which he threw that thing, he would have gone farther than that thing is even going to go in the first place. Okay, you don't science yeah. it. He rides, he surfs the pillar. Next thing you're gonna, <laughs> next question you're gonna sense. ask is, how does he know where he's going? Mm-hmm. No. This pillar, Peter, was the pre-order bonus for Xenoverse 2. Kak- oh, yeah. And it was also in Kakarot. As a pre-order bonus. Yeah. <laughs> this is like a famous thing, Katie, in Dragon Ball lore. Oh, it's dumb. You're dumb. <laughs> uh, so yeah, he's off to meet Goku. Uh, Goku and his new friends are eating some stew here, Nixon, which it doesn't look good because it's green. Yeah. It's green liquid. Goku like notices how much like Upa cares for his father. And having just eaten, Goku's like, well, time to climb this fucking tower. And Bora's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. He's like, we don't even know if that tale is true or not that I told you. He's like, it could be fake. And he tells them that everyone that's tried to climb it by hand, like, loses grip eventually because they run out of food. And they get exhausted. 
And then he also says that everyone who's tried it in a plane run out of fuel before they can reach the top, Peter. I don't, so it's really I don't know if I believe that. Well, we gotta f- think that they're using, like, propeller planes. Yeah. <laughs> well, and they imply that it's it's cheating, so there's some kind of magic that inhibits them from being able to get to the top when they're cheating. So right when we do that, or right when they're talking about that, Upa notices Tao, like, in the horizon. And Tao, like, lands right in front of him with this pillar, Nixon. Yep. And it's, like, lodged in the ground. And he says, hello, he's, like, pleased to kill you. <laughs> That's what he says. Yeah, this guy is a walking light joke. <laughs> uh, he tells him that he's a hitman sent to kill Goku. And this is where Upa fucks up, and he urges his father to help Goku. And Goku's like, oh, he's like, I'm strong enough. That's not necessary, Bora. But Bora's like, this is my land. I must protect it. <laughs> and Tao uses his, like, super extreme speed to, like, get in close and he grabs Bora's spear, Peter. And he's so strong that, like, Bora can't get control of the spear back. Like, he can't move No, it. and he's an ass. He's like, here, try now. And he's only holding it with, like, <laughs> two fingers. <laughs> And eventually, he just picks up the spear and, like, the still gripping it, Bora, and chucks him in the air, Katie. He chucks him real high in the air. Yeah. But he lays the spear down, and then he's like, well, here you go. And he chucks the spear at him. And Goku tries to save Bora here with the Nimbus Cloud, but it's not fast enough. And uh, Bora is impaled by his own spear in midair. Live by the spear, die by the spear. It's very true. And his dead body just crashes back down to Earth with the spear still in him, Katie. I didn't expect that to happen. (laughs) You didn't expect it? I I have to say I really didn't expect him to die violently in front of me. (laughs) They're still putting over uh, Tao, Katie. He's got to keep beating strong opponents. I know, but that was so horrible in front of his little boy. Well, he's dead now, okay? This is the first, like, big death. Yeah, you should be surprised that, that the series. spear stayed in him and just didn't go, like... This is the only death that they don't censor in the, like, U.S. versions that aren't on cut. For some reason, yep. they leave this one in. Now Katie has to choose Tao, because he killed the... No! <laughs> yeah. I he's like, Katie, now you are mine! <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, Goku, or Upa just got his father killed. It's kind of Upa's fault. He's the one who, like, urged his dad to help. Yeah, but he would have helped anyway, so really it's kind of Goku's fault. Um, this is all on Upa's conscience. It's all his fault, Nixon. Yep. It's going to haunt him for the rest of his days. Or, so like, couple episode- days, whatever. <laughs> so the episode ends with Upa like, running to his father crying, and Goku's, like, does like an angry charge at Tao and he like it like cuts away mid punch. It's like next time. So what'd you think of this one, Peter? Episode fifty nine. Um I liked it quite a bit. Again, classic we're back to classic Dragon Ball. I like how freaking strong this dude is. It's the strongest guy we've seen like to date. First big death in Dragon Ball. First, you know, first big death. And uh yeah, this was a really good episode. Katie? I thought it was a good episode, but I was not satisfied by the deaths. Wow. By the deaths? Or the death? 
death. I guess blue was in the last one, wasn't it? Or was it this, no, one? It this one? No, you're right. I just wasn't thinking, like, who gives a shit about blue that guy? and Bora die. Well, blue is a more important and notable character than no. Boro, even though I liked Boro. I don't know. Well, I, I, I thought Boro's death was actually kind of well done in that, you know, it was traumatic and like actually like a strong death, whereas Blue's was just stupid and like it was making fun of him, even though he was clearly strong enough to defeat Goku kind of multiple times. I don't know. Peter, you should keep a count on how much he's owed money-wise. How many what? How much money Tal's owed at this point. So he's, yeah, I don't he's, even think they're keeping track. He has five million or five billion for killing or no. We don't know how much he got paid for killing Blue. Nope. We he don't know how much five he got billion paid. for But he hasn't killed him. Well, cause okay. I guess we should wait till this next episode to talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, it was still a good episode. Nixon, what'd you think? Yeah, I liked his classic Dragon Ball. It was good. Wow. Yep. It's a real fast version of that review. Yeah, I like this one too. But we move on to episode 60 called Tao Attacks. Air in Japan, April 29th, 1987. Aired in the US, October 30th, 2002. Uh, we resume with Goku still charging Tao. And where we left off Nixon, where he was going for a punch, he goes for a kick here. Yep. Which is weird. Continuity here. <laughs> uh, which is dodged, and then Tao just kicks him into the tower, or into the tower. And Goku's not giving up, even though he seems to be outclassed by Tao here. Uh, at one point, Peter, Tao even smacks Goku with his ponytail. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Goku's not able to land any strikes, and he spends a long time trying to grab Tao's feet. Like a really long time. Uh, eventually Tao catches both of Goku's hands and then is like standing on both of his feet so he can't go anywhere and then he just winds up Peter and hits a super big headbutt that just like knocks Goku silly like his eyes go yeah. white yeah. Um, and then he just like grabs him by the foot and like spins him around and throws him into the tower and it seems like Goku is like defeated here but uh, Tao shocked because Goku gets back on his feet and he has like a couple bruises on his face. And Goku goes to his trump card here, Katie, and he starts chasing the charging the Kamea wave. And he shoots at a towel and does it work, Katie? Uh it just fries his clothes off, but it doesn't seem to affect his physical being. You've seen two shirtless men now, Katie, in this two episodes here. Yeah, and this one, not impressive. <laughs> Why? Because look at Boro's body and then look at this man. I mean, I don't no see context. Longer. No context. Katie, I don't see color. <laughs> That's not the part I'm talking about. Uh huh. So yeah, Tal blocked the blast. He's fine, but all of his clothes are gone, and he's real. He's like upset about that. He doesn't like that his clothes are all ripped up, and uh, Tal shoots off his own energy beam. Nixon. Yep. The famous Dodon Ray, which is a like, like a line, like it's like a singular like little line of energy that's yellow. It's like a spirit gun. Yeah. 
Um, and it hits Goku in the stomach, seemingly killing Goku. Katie, do you remember the Dodon Ray? Did you know about the Dodon Ray? I was unfamiliar with this powerful energy ray. And he doesn't have to charge his. He just shoots it off. Peter, debut the Dodon Ray here. I was I was excited. I wasn't expecting it. I'm glad I'm glad we got it. It was a good it was a good deal. Nixon. His first Dodon loss. Ray, his first this loss. This is Goku's first real loss. He lost a Roshi. That doesn't count. What, what are you talking about? Doesn't that count? Because he went into a fucking went eight form and yeah, but if he wouldn't have gone eight form, he would have lost, and he still lost even in eight form. I, I consider this like his first loss. His, his first loss was against Ro- that was Roshi's whole point. He needed to beat him so he would not think he was a strong against the bat real bad guy. This is his first loss. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So, yeah, Goku's fucked up. Uh, And Tao goes over and grabs the bag that had the Dragon Balls in it. And he's like, whoa, he's like, I'm going to need some new clothes before returning to the Red Ribbon base. So he throws his pillar off in a different direction and gets on it. Uh, Red and Black are at the base and they're, like, monitoring. And they notice that the Dragon Balls Tao has are going in the opposite direction of their base, basically. And then that they left one ball behind. So they kind of... it seems like they kind of think he's, like, double-crossing them here, Nixon. I mean, I don't... This dude would... De- I don't know who wouldn't double-cross these guys. So, uh, we see Tao arrive in the city. And these two drunks try to give him shit, Nixon. Mm-hmm. But then everyone in, like, the city is like, don't do that. It's like, that's fucking mercenary Tao. And, like, eventually, like, their beer goggles, like, fade off. And they see it's him, and they're, like, all afraid. <laughs> and he actually shows mercy here, uh, Peter. He doesn't kill these guys. Yeah, I feel like he should have killed them. Yeah, he doesn't shit where he eats. He demands to know where the tailor is, and they push him or push him. They point him in the right direction. Uh, he says he shows him like he has like the, basically the design of his old outfit, and he shows it to the tailor. He's like, "I need this," and the guy's like, "Oh, okay." He's like seven days. Even like that seems like that's way too long. Actually, one I, I outfit, think he says ten days or ten days. That's way too long, right? He's doing it by hand. He doesn't have a machine. So what? <laughs> I bet you, you prior- takes forever. You prioritize that thing, and you get that. That's the only thing you work on. Uh, you don't know, all right? I bet it takes forever. I feel like by that hand. Takes, that's way even by hand. That's way too long. I did. I made that giant cheeseburger faster than that. <laughs> I don't. You're not I using like you're not trying to get measurements and using like the most finest materials and all that stuff. Tao tells him he only has three days left. Sorry, Katie, go ahead. No, that's okay. I was just gonna say he could definitely make that outfit if that was truly the only thing he had to work on. He could make that outfit in a day or two, I'm sure. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. So Tao tells him he only has three days to complete this. And he's like, but I'm gonna need something to wear. In the meantime, and he just grabs an outfit. Uh, Tao calls Red and Black on a like a in a payphone, and he tells them about how the mission went. And they figure out that Goku must have the other ball that was left behind on his body somewhere. So Red's like, "Well, he's dead now. I'll just send someone to go lose that body. You don't have to go back there." And we go back to Upa, who's buried his father, and he's preparing to bury Goku. And just as he like throws like a little bit of dirt on Goku 
Uh, Red Ribbon Army Soldier Rise. And actually, I want to stop there for a second. Why does they dig a hole? I know Indians, like, like they did a mound. But this seems like some animals are just going to come by and drag this dead body out of this hole or out of the dirt and eat it. What do you mean? I also wondered why. He, he so just like, threw dirt on them. He didn't dig them a yeah. hole. If you don't bury like a body, his dad in a hole was probably in... like, "You're four years old. I'm not gonna make you dig holes for the all these people I murder." Like, no. Well, I'm saying he like if you don't bury a body right, something's gonna go dig it up. I have to wonder though if the kid just. I mean, realistically, he couldn't have moved his dad's body. He wouldn't have been so able to push like, it well, into a hole. Stack dirt on him. Yeah. I was thinking that, like, his dad's body is totally going to get dug up by, like, some wolves or something. It was weird, though, yeah. Um, it just says he's, like, getting to bury Goku, that Red Ribbon Soldier army, like, arrives in his, like, plane thing. And he sees the Dragon Ball in Goku's body, and he goes to reach for it. But when he, like, gets ready to grab it, like, he's really, like, a finger touch away, um, Goku ha- grabs his hand, and he's, like, still loopy. He's like, what do you want? And the guy freaks the fuck out, Peter. Yeah. He thought he was dead. And he <laughs> he comes back. Uh, he leaves. And uh, Upa and Goku are talking. And I get they put it together that the Dragon Ball like blocked most of that Dodon blast. Nixon? Yep. It was like when you have a Bible in your pocket and it blocks a bullet. Right? I mean, I guess. I just think Goku is like nine vulnerable. <laughs> Uh, but right when they're talking about that, Peter, the soldier comes back with a shotgun, and he just unloads. Yeah. I think he shoots every shell he has. Uh, Goku protects Upa from the gunfire, and when the smoke clears, Katie, Goku's unscathed. Soldier like flips out and he like attempts to fly off and radio the headquarters, but Goku uses his power pole to just to, to kill this man. <laughs> He kills another man, Katie, with no... He doesn't even care. Well, this man was an idiot. He knew. Still. He knew that Goku was incredibly dangerous and obviously, like, the most powerful mercenary in the world just failed to kill him. And he's really going to try to shoot him? But still, like, Goku just has no conscience about killing. I don't even know if he really registers that he's killing people. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, this dude's dead. And, uh, the... Red Ribbon Army guys are like, what happened to him? Like, he must have been taken out. And Goku's, like, looking at the Dragon Ball, and he's like, well, he's like, my grandpa must still be looking out for me. And he tells Upa he's sorry that he couldn't save his father. And Upa is like, he doesn't even play the blame game, Katie. He's like, it's not your fault. It super is his fault, begins, It's not your he fault. He begins to cry. It's not your fault. Hey, man. It's not your fault. <laughs> it's not your fault. <laughs> Uh, Goku has a weird flashback here about Bora, like, for the five scenes that he saw of it. <laughs> he, like, some of like, the flashback that? stuff he didn't even see. I know, he saw him fighting. He's like, Goku never saw that. Well, he saw him fight Tal, but that wasn't really a fight. That was just a murder. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. Nixon, why do you have that flashback? He's uh, like, oh yeah, his dad was a good guy. So you know about it. Uh huh. Um, so Goku like stares at the Dragon Ball for a long time. He's like, "Wait a minute!" He's like, "If I collect all the balls, I can just wish your father back to life." And 
Upa is like surprised and happy to hear that, but Goku's like, I'm gonna need to train to get stronger to beat Mercenary Tao. And Upa's like, Well then you should probably try to climb Korn's tower and drink that water. Or as Peter says, drink that guardian. <laughs> yeah. And Goku's like, fuck it, why not? And he takes his power pole off. And he tells Upa to find somewhere safe to hide because Tao's probably going to come back. And he begins to climb this tower really fast. Uh, Nixon, what's your strategy if you had to climb this tower? Uh, I'd probably bring like a bungee cable or something. You can't. Why not? Free free climbing only. I wasn't gonna say. I was gonna say wrap around you so you don't fall. That's it's not free climbing. Then I guess I would just climb. <laughs> yeah, but then what would you do if you got tired? I guess yeah. I won't get tired. How far could you make it? Probably not very far. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Not good at climbing. Uh, because I'm a regular human being and not. Goku. You're not a regular human being. You're a narcissist. I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, so we go to Tal is in his hotel and his phone rings. It's Commander Red. Red tells Tal that he thinks Goku's still alive. Tal's like, that can't be. He's like, he's dead. I killed him. And Red's like, you should go check on him for me. Go back there now and check. And Tal's like, well, no. He's like, I won't be available again for three days. And Red's super upset by that. So he won't work, Katie, unless he has his clothes. Well, you know, I mean, you gotta look good. I feel like he would, in that instance, if he's that picky, he would have, like, a backup. Backup clothes? He needs to have the thing that says kill you on the back. That's a That's his work outfit. Yeah. So we go back to Goku's still climbing the tower. He almost falls at one point, but his tail holds on. Um, It... We see that, like, in, like, a little bitty montage that he basically climbs all day, Nixon. All day. Until it's nighttime. All night. All night. Uh, he still can't even see the, t- the top of the tower, even though he's been climbing all day. And somehow, Katie, I don't know if you can do this, he climbs, or he uh, sleeps while he's, like, hugging this tower. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Also, when, like, as the camera kind of shows you... The angle, like, it does weird angles showing you up the tower and stuff. And sometimes the ledges look large enough that Goku could sit on them. But then when you That's actually go I into thought. the side view of him climbing, they they look way too small for him to sit on them. So I don't know if there really mm-hmm. is a spot where he could have a moment, a moment's respite, but... I guess, yeah, we should just talk. This tower is just a cylinder, basically. How do they make just, it? So they said the tribe made yeah, it. Yeah, but how? Has like Indian like <laughs> what are Indian hieroglyphs? <laughs> what do you call those Nixon? There's like Indian drawings on it, carved into it everywhere. It's supposed to be like a totem pole, I guess. But how did yeah. they? How did they? Well, you gotta Scott, imagine. How did they make lot, it high? A lot of casualties. Imaginally, like they ha- they would have they to just... build like either they either have to have a crane or they would have to have no a, like, crane. A side tower that they it's could... It's the same mystery of how we made the pyramid. It's obviously it? some kind of magic involved, considering there's magic involved in the actual, like, ritual itself of accomplishing climbing to the top, because you can't cheat. There's something beyond the, the normal and natural preventing you from cheating, no. so clearly its construction is also magical. Except for we find out later on none of that matters. 
So he uh, he still he sleeps, Katie, hugging this tower. That was pretty impressive. I, don't think I, sleep I, I wouldn't have been surprised if he toppled over, though, knowing Goku. Also, but, why didn't he bring his power pole in case he that's fell? That's cheating. No, but I mean, in case if he fell off, then he could at least try to like catch himself this. a little bit. There's actually a reason, this. Katie, but we won't figure that out for a while. There's I, now that I think about it. There's actually a reason they wouldn't want him to bring that. <laughs> the writers, not yeah, it's it makes sense. Um, uh, Goku wakes up and he's super hungry, and he says he's tired and everything. And he's like, I don't think I could do this. But then he like sees he like remembers why he's doing it, why he's climbing, and he gets re-energized and he just begins to climb really uh, fast again. And the episode ends with him still climbing. Peter, where's any of this one? Uh, it's a pretty good one. It's a pretty good one. Um, I don't, the towel stuff's stupid. Like, that's just like a bullshit thing. He's like, I'm going to be back in three days, so. He doesn't work him, without his robes. Yeah, it gives him personality. He should have had a second one, like, ready to go and is, like, at his house. I got a question for you, Peter. Yep. Would you rather climb Corn Tower the way Goku has to do it, or run Snake Way? I see. I thought about Snake Way when I was watching. Everybody who's seen Z thought about Snake Way. Yeah, Which but would you rather do? They seem like very similar tasks. One of them, if you don't make it, you fall to your death. Yep. And then the other the one, other if one... you don't make it, you fall into hell. I'd rather, I'd rather do Snake Way. Because <laughs> you don't, you won't die? Because it's way easier. You can just keep walking, yeah. you can walk that fucking thing. <laughs> and then, like, sometimes they have those, like, cleaner guys. I'd try to, like, hitch a ride He's like with one of the loud. cleaner guys. He says, fuck you, and he, like, speeds off. <laughs> yeah. So, anything else you want to say about this one? Uh, no. I mean, I... Back to, again. We're back to classic Dragon Ball. I freaking I can't wait till I can't wait till next week. We got some good episodes coming. <laughs> we meet Peter's favorite character next week. Yep. Katie, what do you think of this one? I liked this one. Uh, less happened. I feel like or less like action happened, but I still thought it was interesting, and I really liked. Um, I really liked that Goku was going to collect all the Dragon Balls to then bring Boro back to life. Like I could, I saw it coming. But I like that he, I feel like he sort of is growing up a little bit in the sense that he's thinking about how he can help other people more instead of just kind of being focused on his task and, and going about his own business. Um, so I, I, I like that part a lot. Nixon? Uh, I liked it. I hope this doesn't turn into Snake Way, which I'm, I have a feeling it won't. He climbs this thing for 18 more episodes. Yeah, I don't, uh, if that's the case, I'm out. But uh, I liked it. Yeah, he signed a blood contract. He he gets all the way up there after five episodes, and Metallus runs at the top. <laughs> he gets almost to the top. He sees the top, and then he falls all the way back to the bottom. And he has to climb. Back. Yeah, I don't want to deal with that. So hopefully, it's just at least half of an episode at most. But I liked it. That, like I said, these episodes this week were better than probably a lot of the ones we've had for the last few episodes of the podcast. 
Next week we watch 61 and through 64. Um, Katie, anything? Are you painting while watching Twitch, or are you just watching Twitch? What do you mean? I'm always painting. <laughs> you want to pimp your thing? You can follow me on Twitter at Katie Gotsky. That's K-A-T-E-Y-G-A-C-K-E. Uh, or you can follow me on Twitch at Cursed Katie. Um, Nixon? Yeah? Uh, if you want to come buy a Subaru, come down to... <laughs> no. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> Definitely not. I don't want to deal with anybody knowing... If you listen to this, but podcast. you work for Subaru because I just said you did. Yeah, well, let's not be specific. All right, go on to Peter. I don't have anything to plug. Little Pete, do you want? Little Pete here. Uh, you can find me at Super Big Peter on pretty much everything. Uh, you Twitter, I don't know, you know all the stuff. You can find me there, and uh, that's. That's my pimping right there. He was supposed to stream five hours of Demon Souls, but he only streamed an hour. And only streamed an hour. An hour. Not the six hours I actually streamed. <laughs> and it's more like watching somebody, like a mukbang, watching him play. A mukbang? What are you talking about? He's not eating. Yes, he yet. is. There's a whole part. There's one. a whole part where he's like eating. He disappears. Uh, and then he shows three pieces, pieces of pizza. pizza. He doesn't even uh. know he's fighting. He's like, oh, I did it. As he like stuffs his face with a slice of pizza. I was fighting that dragon. It took forever. <laughs> I did remember you ordering pizza that day. You were like, order two. Did you sit there on stream? <laughs> it's like, there's a missing Peter, and then he shows back up, and he's got all this pizza he's eating. There's three pieces of pizza. Huh. Well, that's this week's episode. Tune in next time. Episode, what, 16? Right? Is that next episode or that's this episode? Uh-huh. That's next episode. This is 15. I'll just take... We're, in the, we're, we're deep in the red arc now, Peter. Yeah, I'm excited. The red arc's one of the best arc. We emerge from the blue arc into the red arc. And then next is the yellow arc. <laughs> yeah, he comes back. <laughs> uh, That's the end. Say goodbye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye, Bye Felicia. Bye, little Pete.